Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hey everybody, it's Monday, October 30th, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. Coming up on the show today, we've got our biggest takeaways from week eight, and we're breaking down all the top performances and biggest disappointments from the weekend. Well, Florio, uh, week eight, pretty much come and gone. We still have the Monday night game to play. Uh, spooky season is here, and there are a lot of scary things that happened in fantasy this week. Yeah, there there was a lot of players where I was like, the logic to either start or sit this guy makes total sense, and then week eight happened and everything went off the rails. Not to mention that you want to talk about Halloween, right? This was some monkey's paw type trash <laughs> in that we have no teams on a buy, so your whole roster's in theory available to you, and then we just have quarterbacks going down left and right across the board. So it's a be careful what you wish for sort of situation. We will have the biggest takeaways from week eight, top performers, uh, also some waiver wire targets. Plus, we're going to project some awards for the second half of the season now that we're in the back part of the fantasy regular season. But let's get started, as we always do, with some fantasy headlines. And I mentioned injured quarterbacks. That's pretty much what this whole section is going to be about. The biggest one, Kirk Cousins, left with an Achilles injury and all signs point to him being out for the season. So, I mean, Florio, you look at this. The running game has been non-existent for Minnesota all year long. Justin Jefferson is currently on injured reserve. But at least the last two weeks, we had the Kirk Cousins-Jordan Addison connection. That was working for the last two games. Now with Cousins out, what are we doing with this offense? Uh, I, I think it's very few and far between of who you can trust. Like TJ Hawkinson remains a, a option that you could start each week because tight end and because if a rookie quarterback is going to rely on anyone, I feel like it will be him. Jordan Addison is someone that I can be convinced to continue rolling with because uh, the upside is so high. I mean, what he's going out and giving us each and every week is hard to do right now, especially for a rookie. He's so explosive, but the floor is significantly lower. I think it's too hard to trust someone like KJ Osborne. I don't want to trust that running game there. I also have long-term concerns now of like, will we see Justin Jefferson again? I think that's a big part of it too, right? There was already sort of this chatter of do they rush him back if he's not ready to go after four weeks? Do they push it? Do they get him in with Kirk Cousins now gone for the season? I mean, the Vikings uh, sitting at four and four, but it's kind of a shaky four and four right now. Uh, What is their future? What do they do? Also, who's going to be the quarterback? Because Kevin O'Connell didn't commit to Jaron Hall. Hall was the guy who finished the game sixth round rookie quarterback. Uh, They didn't commit to him going forward. Uh, Sean Mannion is still available. I heard, you know, there's some free agents out there. I heard Colt McCoy's name come up. I mean, I guess Carson Wentz is still available if you're into that sort of thing. Um, (laughs) So much of who we can trust in this offense is dependent on who the quarterback is going to be. But the options aren't great. And I tell you that I am 
Very concerned about any Vikings that I would have, especially because Jordan Addison, as I mentioned, has been so hot over the last two weeks. Was really starting to come around, but not having Kirk Cousins is going to impact him greatly. In Atlanta, Desmond Ritter was out temporarily with an injury, it seemed, but he was cleared, but didn't come back into the ballgame. Taylor Heineke stayed in the game for Atlanta. Meanwhile, Drake London also suffered a groin injury, but... We at least got half of what we wanted, Florio, and that we got Taylor Heineke in the game. He immediately came in and targeted Kyle Pitts. He targeted Drake London. So we'll wait to see what Arthur Smith's going to do. I mean, I can give you the short answer. He'll do whatever makes us upset. (laughs) But if it is Taylor Heineke, does this give you more faith in Kyle Pitts? Yes. And the moment that I saw yesterday that Desmond Ritter had been replaced, I was like, this is a good thing for Drake London and Kyle Pitts fantasy value. Not that Taylor Heineke is like Patrick Mahomes or anything like that, but he's not afraid to throw the ball downfield. And that's if you're watching the video show, that's all you're seeing is downfield throws. Yesterday, he came in in his first four passes. Three of them were longer than any completions Desmond Ritter had in the game. Like, it's just more aggressive of a signal caller. It's why, like, last year we loved when he was playing for Terry McLaurin because he's just going to – he was selling shirts that said – Beep it. Terry's open somewhere down there. And that's the kind of attitude. That's why we love Jameis Winston for fantasy football. Like maybe not the best for real life purposes, but for (laughs) fantasy, he's fun. And we're going to get the most out of our guys. We need T-shirts that say bleep it. Drake and Kyle are down there somewhere. We should start selling them right now. We should start doing it right now, because uh, if Taylor Heineke is the guy, that is what we can look forward to. So we'll see what happens. I know Heineke himself said, look, this is still Desmond's team. He was very diplomatic about the whole thing. We'll see what the head coach decides to do going forward. Uh, But Taylor Heineke certainly put some juice, at least in the guys that we are starting in fantasy. In Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett suffered a rib injury against the Jaguars. Uh, Mike Tomlin saying that Pickett's going to be a game-time decision for the Thursday night matchup against the Tennessee Titans. Mitch Trubisky came in, wasn't great. Uh, Look, Deontay Johnson just came back a couple of weeks ago. George Pickens has been playing well for much of the season. But if it is Mitch Trubisky, can we still trust the Steelers pass catchers? I think you could start Deontay Johnson. Uh, 14 targets yesterday, eight catches, 85 yards. I know, I believe it was nine of them were in the first half with Kenny Pickett, but still that volume is too hard to ignore and get away from. So And I don't expect them to suddenly stop throwing him the ball, even if it's not Kenny Pickett out there. George Pickens was good yesterday, but he had one catch. Yeah. To me, he becomes purely boom or bust, but it's kind of Deontay or or getaway. Yeah, I just I wonder with the Pickens thing yesterday, like, is it was it just a weird game thing or is this going back to how it was Previously, where Deontay Johnson got all these targets and they were basically sending George Pickens on go missions down the field and maybe (laughs) once in a while we'll throw it to you. I'm very curious, although, you know, if it's Mitch Trubisky, we may not get a full accounting on how this sort of works. I'm with you, though. You start Deontay Johnson. I'd say in deeper leagues, maybe you take a chance on on George Pickens, uh, especially this week. Right. The tight. Yeah. We, we pick on them because that secondary has been so bad. So if there's ever an opportunity, it's probably this week uh, against the Titans. Short week, though. So it may be difficult for Kenny Pickett to get ready for the game. Those are things we found out by watching the game. But we also have some things that we learned kind of reading between the lines with what we saw on the field in week eight. So uh, what is one thing that you took away from what you saw? Josh Downs is very much so for real. And I I know early on this season, it was easy to be like, oh, he's just it's a big game for, you know, the Colts secondary wide receiver. 
But all of his big games have come with Garner Minshew. Like uh, week three, that was when Garner Minshew was starting in place of Anthony Richardson. And then so four straight games with at least 13 fantasy points for him. Five of his last six, he has topped that number. All five with Garner Minshew. He's averaging over 16 fantasy points per game with him. He also has set the record for most catches and receiving yards by a Colts player in their first eight career games. Like he is just giving you consistent fantasy numbers week in and week out. He has a good matchup next week. He is someone that you want in your starting lineup. And he's been a good yards after catch guy because his average depth of target is not very far. They're not sending him deep downfield. That's more of the Alec Pierce role in the offense. Uh, But Josh Downs doing a lot after the catch. So we've been saying for weeks, go get Josh Downs. If for whatever reason he's still out there in your league, I will say it again. Go get Josh Downs. Uh, We talked about the Titans. Let Will Levis cook. Maybe with Mayo. I don't know. I don't care. I mean, the guy came out in his starting debut, went for 238 passing yards, threw four touchdowns. Uh, and the thing that we love is that he was taking shots down the field. Uh, about 35% of his pass attempts went at least 10 air yards. He was going deep. We see DeAndre Hopkins in there. And that's that's even the bonus to this, right? If Will Levis is the guy who somehow is unlocking DeAndre Hopkins, that's even better. And so we'll see going forward. But it looks like this is Will Levis's team. He had four touchdown passes, as I mentioned Ryan Tannehill only has two all season long. So it's hard to imagine a scenario where Tannehill comes back in and immediately just gets this job again because Levis has been so good on a team that you and I were talking before the show. I mean, they're hanging out at what, three and four. The chances of them making the playoffs, I mean, while not impossible, seem sort of difficult. At some point, they got to look around and start seeing what they have with some of these young players. Yeah. And I mean, Levis... That's it. Like, he is the guy. There is 0% chance that you could watch that game yesterday and be like, you know what we need to do? Get Ryan Tannehill (laughs) back in there. Um, First game in DeAndre Hopkins' career with 100 yards and three touchdowns. Wow. Insane. Uh, My question, though, Marcus, is, look, we all want Will Levis on our roster now. We agree with that. Would you start him on a short week against the Steelers? Depends who I have. Now, look, I've, I've got leagues where, you know, I got Kirk Cousins, right? So... I might have to, you know, if I have Kirk Cousins, I think I have Daniel Jones in a league. uh, And I know he's sort of up in the air this week. So depending on who I have, eh, I'd think about it, but I at least got to go get him. Yeah, agree with that. At least got to go get him this week. Uh, What else did you find out from this week? That Damian Pierce, unfortunately, cannot be trusted even in great matchups. Like the Panthers coming into this week had allowed the most touchdowns to running backs. They were up there in yards. And that's despite already having a bye week. Damian Pierce went out and gave you 46 rushing yards, 4.6 fantasy points. He has topped double digits just twice. And Devin Singletary continues to be a factor there. They split snaps almost down the middle. 43% for Pierce, 41% for Singletary. They split carries 12 to 10 and then it's singletary for his second straight game that has been the back used in the passing game i i don't i'm not saying you could drop damian pierce just yet because running back is pretty thin but i don't see any way you could start him i mean it's it's a split backfield in an offense that doesn't run the ball particularly effectively we all said that if this was if there was ever going to be a week for damian pierce it was going to be this week uh it didn't happen this week so now yeah, you're, you're, he's just going to be glued to your bench right now, I think, in fantasy. Last thing. Yep. 
I take no joy in reporting this, but Taysom Hill is a thing. He is getting involved in a heavy way in the Saints offense. You can call him a quarterback. You can call him a tight end. You can call him an offensive weapon. I don't care, but he's had nine or more opportunities. That's targets plus carries in three straight games. He's had 14 combined targets over the last three weeks. Occasionally, he'll still throw a pass as well. I get it. Look, he's not set up for every single roster. If you're in a shallower league, you don't have to worry about him. He's not going to do that much. But if you're in a deeper league or a really competitive league, it's time to pick him up if he's out there. And maybe it's time to consider starting him because he's getting more work than a lot of the other. Look, they're finding ways to get him the ball better than they are Chris Olave right now. So, (laughs) you know, at this point, we got to forget what you think about Taysom Hill. He's a fantasy viable option uh, at this point in in the season. So I didn't think we'd get here, but here we are. We are just getting started here. Of course, we got plenty more to talk about. We'll have our top performers for the week coming up next here on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. For the first time ever, the NFL kicks off in Frankfurt, Germany with Sunday morning football exclusively on NFL Network. It's a must-see AFC showdown as the Dolphins take on the Chiefs. Rise, shine, and watch on Sunday, November 5th at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network and streaming on NFL+. Let's dive into the top performers for Week 8 with the Monday night game still to come, but Sam Howell had a day 397 pass yards, four touchdowns, 11 rushing yards, 31 fantasy points. I believe he was only sacked once, too. That might be the biggest upset of them all. Christian McCaffrey (laughs) doing Christian McCaffrey things. He got you 29.8 points. Shocker. He scored touchdowns. He scored two of them uh, on Sunday. C.D. Lamb had himself a day. He had a pair of touchdowns, 12 catches, 158 yards, 41 points for Sidarian Lamb. Trey McBride, we told you to go pick him up and start him. 10 catches for 95 yards and a touch. That's good for 25 and a half. Brandon McManus, four field goals. It was 16 fantasy points for him. And the Broncos defense is part of a big upset over the Chiefs. Three sacks, two interceptions, three fumble recoveries, 17 points for the Broncos. So let's talk about some of the guys that were either on this list or just off the list. But uh, Dak Prescott, hot before the bye, hot after the bye. Maybe the Cowboys offense is starting to click. Yeah, and so I, I will take the L. I had Dak as a sit this week. That is my bad. Uh, my thinking was, because like you said, hot before the bye, that was because of his legs, 40 rushing yards and a touchdown. And it's like, okay, he hadn't really ran like that in a game, but the passing numbers hadn't been there. Well, that changed this week. 304 passing yards, season high. First game with over 275 this year. Four passing touchdowns, season high. Uh, Second multi-passing touchdown game this year. But watching that game, yeah, the the Cowboys passing attack is finally coming alive. They need to get the run game going because it's been a kind of a couple of down weeks for Tony Pollard. But like Dak next week gets a matchup against the Eagles who have allowed a ton of numbers through the pass game. And with all these quarterbacks hurt, I think Dak is back to being a comfortable start for fantasy. Yeah, now the question is, can he do it from against a team that's not based in Los Angeles County? Uh, he's gotten the Chargers. He's gotten the Rams. Um, he's the king of Los Angeles, apparently, right now. Gus Edwards looks like he's the king of the Ravens' backfield. And this was a question that we had coming into the season. Not that he was bad or, you know, first it was J.K. Dobbins before he got injured. Then Justice Hill was getting some opportunities. But the last few weeks, Gus Edwards has really taken control. He's had more than 60% of the rushing attempts in back-to-back games. Justice Hill not getting a whole lot of opportunity to run the football. Now, Hill getting some targets, which certainly helps. 
But Gus Edwards is doing work. And while he's not getting the same target share as Justice Hill, uh, he gets the ball occasionally in the passing game as well. So I think the Ravens have kind of settled on a lead running back, which means that we can feel a little bit more comfortable putting Gus Edwards in the lineup going forward. Um, I'm going to pat myself on the back here because I said you could start Joe Mixon this week against the 49ers because uh, maybe it's me being a pessimist and watching that Niner defense the last couple of weeks. But Mixon had a pretty nice day against San Francisco. He had his best game of the season, his first time scoring 20 fantasy points this year. He had not scored 15. His previous high was 14, and now he got 20 this week. Or season high, 87 rushing yards, scored his second rushing touchdown. And like you said, I know the 49ers defense hadn't been what they've been were early in the season, but to go out there and have your best game of the year against the Niners still is very impressive. My takeaway was like, it's the healthiest we've seen this Bengals offense look, and Joe Mixon is back to looking like the Joe Mixon of old. Uh, next week, it's the Bills on Sunday Night Football in a game that I think could be very high scoring, and the Bills have just allowed a bunch of good running back performances. So, yeah, I think Joe Mixon is not only back, I think he is someone that you should be very excited to start moving forward. Uh, also, look, it was it was a little bit of a homecoming for Joe Mixon. He's a Bay Area kid, grew okay. up there. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he had plenty of friends and family in the stands. Uh, making the drive down to Santa, Santa Clara to, uh, to watch him play. Austin Eckler, a huge game. We have been waiting for this since week one. He got hurt in week one, hadn't seen him for a while. And he came back and he didn't look like himself the first couple games that he was back. But 29 rushing yards, like, all right, whatever. Seven catches for 94 yards and a touchdown. It just looked more like the Austin Nickler that we have been used to seeing. So I think he's finally over the injury issues. They're starting to use him the way they used him in the past. And he's scoring touchdowns. So I think this was just encouraging. You know, I know people will say, well, it was against the Bears. I don't care. Uh, it was the utilization. It was just watching him run a little bit. It just made me feel like, okay, this is the guy you spent probably a top three, top five draft pick on. So I think you can feel a little bit better about Austin Eckler. It also means that Josh Kelly, I think, is less of a threat uh, in that offense. Eckler has the best running back schedule from week nine on. So lots more Eckler weeks coming. Lots more Eckler weeks coming. Uh, the Niners offense ugh, kind of sputtering lately, but George Kittle's eating. Yeah, George Kittle, tight end two on the week. We're going to talk about the tight end one, uh, Trey McBride, a little bit later in the show. But I just wanted to look at his last six, the, just the fantasy points from Kittle's last six games. 16, 1. 1.9, 27.7, 1.1, 13, 23.9. <laughs> I understand that those weeks with less than two fantasy points are insanely frustrating. And you look at your team and you're like, Oh, if Kittle would have gave me a little bit more, I would have won or whatever the case may be. But then you look at those other weeks, the 27s, the 23s, the 13s, the 16s. You need Kittle in your lineup every single week and you need to live with the down weeks knowing that in any given week he can explode and give you probably twice as many points as any other tight end that you could stream over him. And I know it's been up and down, but right now you look at the top five tight ends and four of them are names that we would expect. Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, uh, you know, Darren Waller just outside. Just Darren Waller sitting at nine, Dallas Goddard at eight. Um, so a lot of the a lot of the usual suspects hanging around the top of the tight end scoring rankings right now. Uh, and then Jalen Waddle. 
and this was more of, I think, a sigh of relief for a lot of us because we felt like the big Jalen Waddle game was coming. It hadn't quite happened. It finally happened this week against the New England Patriots, 121 yards and a touchdown for Waddle. The opportunities had been there. And obviously, we know Tyreek Hill is sucking all the oxygen out of the atmosphere, and he's already over 1,000 yards, by the way, 2,000 yards, uh, very much within the realm of possibilities for Tyreek. But, you know, I think this was just for a lot of people who were frustrated, wondering where the big Jalen Waddle blow-up game was. It finally happened. So I think we can all sort of breathe a sigh of relief and understand that the targets are there, the opportunity is there, and it's just a matter of, you know, the dam finally broke, I think, for Jalen Waddle. Yeah, and that's this is life with Jalen Waddle, right? A lot like George Kittle. You got to accept the down weeks because those big blow-up weeks are, they're too good not to have in your lineup. Absolutely. Uh, so those are the guys that we liked. These are the guys who broke our hearts. Who was your big disappointment for uh, week eight? Oh, we moved the uh, we got rid of the Cooper Cup bobblehead because he's been playing so poorly as of late. <laughs> fifty yards in his last two games combined. He gave you a buck fifty almost in two weeks ago. Uh, so yeah, last week we were like, okay, this is Cup's worst game that he did not get hurt in since twenty twenty, and then he followed it up with an even worse game this week. But the thing is. It's not his fault. It's not Puka Nakua's fault. It's really on. The, I would blame Matthew Stafford. I know he got injured in yesterday's game, but he has not lived up to expectations. That being said, you are never sitting Cooper Cup. Like, I understand the last two weeks have been very disappointing. He's the wide receiver 74 on the week right now with another game still to be played. But 150 yards and a touchdown a couple weeks ago. Very few wide receivers bring that upside. You, you just got to live with the down weeks. Yeah, no, nobody has the ceiling, or few people, I should say, have the ceiling that Cooper Cup does. I know he's had two bad weeks. You just move on from that. Uh, so apparently, all these defenses for all these years have been trying to figure out how to stop Patrick Mahomes. Apparently, the thing that stops Patrick Mahomes is the flu. I uh, came with flu-like symptoms earlier in the week. Credit the Broncos' defense, though. They went out, they made some plays. They forced turnovers, they harassed him. Uh, the Broncos' defense had a very good day. It was just one of those days. Every once in a while, it happens, even to guys like Patrick Mahomes. 5.6 fantasy points for Mahomes. It was just a frustrating day for the Chiefs' offense all around. Uh, you know, I don't really know what to say beyond that other than you just shake it off and you plug Mahomes back in your lineup next week. In fact, uh, we just promote it. They've got the game in Germany against the Dolphins, which should be a very high scoring contest. So, uh, again, you just brush this one off. Hopefully you survived it. If not, you plug him back in your lineup and you get ready for week nine. That'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. Be sure to listen for our second half fantasy predictions tomorrow, as well as top waiver wire targets. Stay happy, safe and healthy. Do good and live well. And we'll talk to you again real soon. 